Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. If it's relentless gut-wrenching rock and roll you want, then overload your circuits with ACDC and their new album, Power Rage. This exciting new Atlantic release of ACDC is being featured at Streetside Records for only $4.99. Stop in at Streetside Records for your record or tape of ACDC's Power Rage. And remember, Streetside Records has more new releases on sale than anyone in town. That's Streetside Records on Del Mar and U-City and on Old Orchard and Webster. Master Charge and Visa Welcome. One of my all-time favorite ACDC songs off of an album called Power. It's uh, called Down Payment Blues. What makes a good Just the power. The sheer... It just engulfs you. It's like, you know, you just feel it, you know? It, it makes you vibrate. ACDC are the most successful hard rock band ever to leave Australia. Their high-energy stage act is compelling audiences worldwide. They're the only group ever to have an Australian-produced album in the English Top 20. They regularly have hit singles in Germany and Holland, and the band is very fast becoming big news in America as they headline their own sell-out concerts. Like in England, the only band that was selling records on, on the sheer fact of live performances. The only band was playing rock and roll. The last single was sitting in the top 20 for like six weeks. Not one bit of airplane. It's just too up for English radio and, yeah. The rock press in America is currently calling the spate of Australian bands here as the Aussie invasion. What are your thoughts on that? 
Well, I wouldn't be the only ones invading anyway. Yeah. Like Martians, yeah. really. <laughs> so many ideas for songs and so many you know, good riffs. Are, and the more we work, the more we tour, we're getting more ideas and we're getting more, you know. Oh, just as it's going to get better and better. I can't see an end to it, you know. It's like infinity rock and roll. You know? Listening to Cobras and Fire, a Pantheon podcast. And in this episode of Breaking the Record, Elsie Fox and Baco break down the 1978 album from ACDC, Power Age. Comers and Fire, Breaking the Record, ACDC's Power Age. My name is Baco, and I am joined with the kicked-in-the-teeth L.C. Fox. How are you this morning? That's a perfect, that's an apt description, Did Baco. Not, I got a question for you. I'm not sure. Did I say that right? Is it called Power Age or Power Edge? It's a great question. Um, I think it's absolutely debatable, just like this this uh, episode of Breaking the Record that we're about to do mm-hmm. is that part for is that for the show? Sure, yeah, why not? Okay, yeah, because uh, I say Power Rage. Oh, Power! I've always said Power Rage. Power. I, I say it like it's two words, even though yes, the R is shared. Yeah, that's that's definitely not that. So nah, uh, it is Power Rage. <laughs> power Rage. How about Poe Rage? Nope. Yeah. Poe Rage. You're putting it's the not emph- a good title. You're putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable, right there, LC. Yeah, if you say so. We're 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 off and running. I I say it's power rage. Look, from the first moment I've seen it, I I hear power rage and I don't like it. Let's agree to call it power rage because that's how I've heard it in culture. Really? Okay. Because I'm I'm more. I think I I said it power rage at the at the beginning. Um, but uh, power yeah. power. Power Rage? Power Age. Power Rage. That's what I said. No, you, you're saying Power Rage. I'm saying yeah. Power Age. Power Age. Power Age? Yeah. Oh, man. No, it's not like Gatorade. Yeah, I'm, Something I, like that. I literally don't know. Okay, so I, unlike you, I'm not going to say this is what it is. I've never heard it at, at a definitive thing. This is not... Uh, this is not the, the very high on the ACDC uh, record list... Uh, if I have to rank them, so 
Uh, I never put a lot of thought into it is all I get. I just, I have always wondered though, like if there has to be you know, th- an intended, and I'm sure the listeners are going to chime in and <laughs> set me straight. What, but what I think is we should just set, is we should just type it into Google and see what it sounds like. Now, that would be the yeah, definitive thing. As someone who's done quite a bit of that, uh, it's, it'll change two or three times into it. So, uh, mm, okay. Yeah. So what are we going to call it? PR? Let's just go with what you said, Power Rage. That way it's easy. Okay, cool. Done. Power Rage. Let's do this album. (laughs) Before we get into this, Elsie, I do have something I'd like to mention. We we don't really uh, (laughs) uh, share some of the listener feedback as much as other shows, and we should try to do better at that. But we've said that before, and we both know that. We won't. Uh, but there is a guy who's been commenting quite a bit lately. I don't know how long of a listener he's been, but uh, he this comes from the Cobras on Fire Facebook group. So if you're not a member and you like the show, check that out. It's uh, basically kind of off-air shenanigans with the listeners and Elsie and I just kind of sharing uh, thoughts about the show, but also just anything music-related and, and having a good laugh here and there. This comes from Paul Cole Wheat. Uh, so it starts out, uh, gives you a kind of heads up. This is going to be a long one. Story time. So I have worked overnights for 10 years. I drive forklifts. I drive reach trucks and probably drill your mom. I'm an old school kind of guy. I think he threw a mom joke in there. Uh, We were informed last night that we couldn't use earbuds anymore, not even in one ear. We could, however, use a speaker. Me, put speaker on the forklift and blast. Put the bodies at the sock. Put the bodies at the sock. (laughs) More than once, my boss, cool dude. You can use an earbud. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I should emphasize this right. You can use an earbud. Why can't you be normal and listen to music? <laughs> Me, I'm a Babadook, sir. Are you sure? They haven't even talked about Jason Aldean yet. Boss just throws his hands up and walk away. Thank you, Baco and LC, for getting my earbud back, but I think I'll keep the speaker until I get a real warning. <laughs> this episode will always be special to me. You're welcome, Paul. It's nice to see that we're uh, making a difference, LC. I love it. That's a great, great story. Making, uh, making regulations, breaking regulations, whatever <laughs> rules. Uh, you know, podcasts are not meant to be on on speakers unless it's in your car. I think. I don't think I've ever really listened to podcasts on a speaker in public. <laughs> anyway, definitely, yeah, not, definitely ours, not in public. So. Uh, yeah, in my car, no. sometimes at home. Um, yeah, but I've uh, I've I've gone to uh, listening to them at the gym, which is of course I use earbuds there. So, sure. Yep. Cool. Anyway, yeah, uh, thank it. you, Paul. Love the feedback you've been leaving lately. And everybody else that we don't mention, we do see it. You know, though I think typically, you know, one of us responds to, um, I would say, 70% of the, the comments we see. So I think they know that we're uh, we're watching and, and, and enjoying it along with them. So thanks, everybody. So it's been a while since so we, we've done one of these Breaking the Record uh, episodes, Elsie. Why is it that you wanted to do ACDC Power Ridge? For me, Power Ridge was, was an album that I came into later in the catalog, you know, like most people you enter with Back in Black, Highway to Hell, whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it actually wasn't until Who Made Who and the song Ride On that that I was like, wait, that singer sounds different. But yes, it's the same singer that's on Highway to Hell. Mm. And for some reason, at that point, I really didn't know there was two singers. I was like really fresh into it. Um, and... And that was super confusing because then there was this, this album called Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap, but it came out in 76, but I guess it was released in the States in a different version. And like, 
82 or 83? I don't know if you remember that. It, it was released release. in the States earlier than that, but yeah. there is um, there is definitely kind of a, a unique release history with, with almost all the, especially the first three Bond Scott records. There's like right. di- different variants between Australia, Europe, and here, and the release dates are not consistent amongst those. Uh, but no, I, I remember Problem Child was actually kind of a, a, a like an AOR hit radio staple in the late 70s. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Like they, like th- that album got tons of play, and then then I remember seeing, and then I just basically started going, combing through vinyl and seeing like one version with Bon Scott, like a, the Popeye arm, but I think that was like some version of Dirty De- Deeds Done Dirt Cheap, and I really never knew the sequence of things. I'm like, okay, I'll I'll get I'll I, I think I got High Voltage, and um, and then actually I got, I th- I think that I had heard your, you've got. Uh, the live album, you want blood, you've got it, mm-hmm. and, and then being and then being super confused how that came out before the song. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like there's all this weird like release stuff, and it's just and the whole Bond Scott thing with not having the whole like Wikipedia in front of you back in the day is like, uh, and then of course because Power Power Rage is their least selling album besides I think Flick of the Switch, mm-hmm. uh, it was just never in the record stores and then I just came upon it so it was kind of I guess to me this album was sort of like the the elder ish and what I mean just to be like by that is not comparing them as, as far as musicality but just like this album that was like what the fuck is this it like was just not around I don't think the elders an app comparison because uh, it's it doesn't this is in no way a deviation from anything ACDC would ever do musically but it does have the the uh, kind of commonality that there are fans of this record that talk about it being their favorite record and they're like this is uh you know, very much in a similar sense that people kind of d- d- defend the elder if they like it versus people who don't. Um, I, I personally think this is the the worst of the Bon Scott albums, but I, I keep, keep in mind that um, I don't really think you can go wrong with anything that Bon Scott's on with ACDC. So, as much as it's my least favorite of all of them, there's still some stuff on here I like it. You know, I, I don't hate it. I think that the people who defend it. Uh, often uh, replicate the how they would describe someone who defends the elder, where you know they're almost kind of like brainwashed themselves into the idea that this is somehow you know a, a bigger record or or a better album than it than it's remembered. Uh, that said, the thing damn near went double platinum, so I don't I don't know how. What did this? Mm-hmm. I don't think that's true. Well, I have the numbers, well, but okay. I was going to save that for later in the show if that's okay. Okay. All right. I was just simply saying that this was kind of a mystical thing where, where the where the elder you couldn't find it to buy it, and then all of a sudden I was, I'd stumbled upon it way later, just just like this this thing like I didn't even know it existed. That's what I meant by that. Well, a lot, a lot of this stuff. Um, well, I knew a couple of people that had the record when I first started getting into like at least trying to understand what ACDC was. I really didn't become a big fan until later on. Uh, but this was also that era where, like, every album sleeve had an advertisement for the band's entire catalog, you know. Um, and so I, you would, I would see that frequently, just a, the liner notes there. It would list all their records, and that would be on there. So I knew it existed, yeah. but, the, uh, it, you know, it just, it was a lot. Now, to, to your point, I don't know the first time I heard it probably had to be the mid-'80s. And also, and I don't know if this is with you, but I always was confused about like I think the first album I actually purchased was um, "Blow Up Your Video," okay, and that you know obviously Angus is on there, and there's 
he's the he's in front of a damn video screen and stuff's blowing up. Yeah. Uh, per the the title, but I always thought it was unusual for a band to just feature the guitarist on the cover, except for I think Highway to Hell. Yes. Do you think that was kind of a? You know, if you think about that, that's just bizarre. What other band does that? Like, yeah, I'm the fucking man. I'm going to be on every goddamn cover. Mm. Highway to Hell. Here you are. Then they're back to a black. Album oh, cover. This I, is just ACDC yeah. in general. But I, I think um, I, you might be, I guess in my opinion, the reason that's happening is because he is kind of the, the mascot for the band. Uh, you're focusing on the fact that it's a guitar player, and that usually isn't the person that's featured uh, on an album cover. So in that sense, it's an anomaly, but it's pretty common for bands to use some kind of like, oh, consistent imagery, and I really just chalk it up to that. This is, you know, <laughs> this is no different than like Eddie being on every Iron Maiden album cover. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, as far as album cover, I think it's <laughs> uh, not not their best. I'll tell you that. So let's just get into that. Um, this is one of the reasons I didn't pick it up. Even when I yeah. saw it, I was like, what's going on? And I think, and I might be wrong with this too, but that the, I, I do like the, I guess, alt version of the ACDC logo for something different kind of looks cool with some backdrops I've seen on this tour but I think this is the only time they used it too yeah you know what I mean not the classic like the whatever this is mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of like a it's almost well it's made to look like uh, that that I don't know that electrical current um, exactly but I think it looks Power-ridge. I think it's uh, the logo is is pretty ghetto. <laughs> now, yeah. I don't. Remember, I think Highway to Hell was probably the first album cover by them that I thought was actually good. Um, yeah, but subtle. When I go back, I really like the the high voltage album cover now, and I really sure. really dig the Let There Be Rock. But at the, I remember as a kid, they didn't really click with me. I, I still think the Dirty Deeds one is kind of cheap, but. Uh, right up there with Power Ridge here, and I don't even know. I, I always was having a hard time figuring out. I, I got a better look at it uh, studying for this. The, the the shit coming out of Angus's arms now. You know, it's just like it, I know they're supposed <laughs> to be power wires, but how did they do yeah. that? And this is just uh, kind of goofy. Yeah, kind of goofy. I think the best one is and the most offensive is is if you want blood. I mean, that thing. I was like, it's blurry. It's perfect. Looks like a shitty concert mm-hmm. shot, and the fucking guy that stabbed to the goddamn heart. Yeah, that's I mean, definitely on. one that I like better now than at the time. I thought it was. I didn't. I just didn't click with me. ACDC in general, I think it, it, it's. If you're a seven year old Kiss fan, they're probably not going to be in your your wheelhouse. You need to age and and grow a little bit to appreciate the uh, the greatness that is ACDC. Sure. So, so in short, cards on the table in the beginning. That's why we're doing this. Is is the uh, the uh, the back and forth? This is, I think, Bon Scott's greatest achievement as far as lyric writing. <laughs> uh, and I think, and I think that it, it set them up. It 100% set them up for Highway to Hell in many different ways, where they honed what they what they did into to tighter songs. So, you want to just jump into it? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll touch on that just a little bit. Uh, on that, I'll I'll, I'll, say, I'll counter that by saying I, I was I, reading the book um, Lost Highway uh, by Jesse Fink. This is the, the Powerage era is kind of when things start going off the rails with Bond. So I don't know that he was necessarily on top of his game. Uh, regarding look, they really don't get into a lot of the specifics of making records or things of, like like that right. in in the book. The book is really about the life of Bond Scott, and of course, you know. You go on tour, you record a record. Those things are mentioned, but they they don't like break down working in the studio. Overall, I guess I, I mean I guess I can say my synopsis for later. But this this album really just lacks the banger. 
uh, that, that you get on basically every ACDC record, at least through Back in Black. Originally released uh, on Atlantic Records on May 30th, 1978, is what it says on my vinyl. So I'm going to go with that. Who knows yeah. if it was open, if it was on different... Uh, dates okay um i'm gonna trust the the official vinyl over wikipedia uh but uh, wikipedia has may 25th with it coming out in the uk on april 28th whatever that means but that kind of goes back to what we were talking about just a minute ago you want to start this off with rock and roll damnation um well i didn't sequence the record so i wouldn't have a choice Go for it. As far as the history goes, this I think was was at told to them by the record company that they needed a extra song. I think only eight were on the uh, the record, and they said we need something that's a little more peppier or more single like or whatnot. Um, so they recorded this and added it last minute. Uh, to me, the while I love this album, one thing that I do not love about it is the sequencing, and this is not an opener. Um, it is a good, I think it's a solid ACDC song. Hmm. And this is kind of the, the songwriting that I think you would see um, on Highway to Hell. Like on this, this particular track with hand claps and just tight. And it's, it's, it's basically just an album track. Like I would like this over Get It Hot or Beating Around the Bush on Highway to Hell. Like it's, hmm. it's fine. It's an okay song. It would fit in on that album. It's a little more slick than the rest of the things on it. Um, I like the version that's on the live version, actually, that's on, on uh, You've Got Blood, or If You Want Blood, You Got It. But uh, that's what I have to say. This should be just somewhere on the album. It is not the opener, and we can get to what the opener should have been. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I do have the European track listing, so uh, as we go through it, maybe I'll, I'll throw where this stuff in. It also opens with the Rock and Roll Damnation. I don't really think there's a great opener on this record. That's kind of one of the things that... That it missed, but um, this song—I don't know—it's—it's a—it's a C for me. It's okay. I—I—it's I, not one that I want to like clamor for to get put in the set list or anything like that. So I don't know. Just not not again. My 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 overall tenor of this record is going to be kind of meh, not too bad. Uh, and this is right in that the 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 high point is the high points are coming up. But to your point, I, I will concede. I, I guess I don't think this is a great opener. I just don't see one on the on the list except for maybe this track that we didn't get in the united states but next we got coming in at track two on side one is down payment blues
this one Elsie huge boner this is like a top five ACDC song for me easily hmm. this this for me is every piece that is the essence of rock and roll the simple fucking dirty riff I love I mean it, you got you got his tone which is always amazing but just that John John and it just uh, the bass starts laying down and you get some of the the greatest lyrics that Bond has ever written which don't even make any sense they're amazing let me uh they make sense. Got, These are some of his better lyrics, yeah. man. Uh, I well, I mean, how do you get a Cadillac? Listen, he, I got myself a Cadillac. Hold on, I'm living in a nightmare. She's looking like a wet dream. I got myself a Cadillac, but I can't afford the gasoline. Holes in my shoes. I'm way overdue. Down payment blues. What does he need to do a down payment on? Well, the Cadillac. I mean, he spent everything he well, could on the down payment, and now he has no fucking yeah. money. So he's got the oh, Cadillac, think, but he can't put the gas in it because he fucking gave all of his money to the down payment. Oh, I think he's ha- he's having the blues because he needs to make another down payment because now he's buying boats. Yeah, he can't even mm-hmm. afford the rain. Yeah, he, you know? he doesn't have money to pay for all the excesses in life that he he's basically borrowing on. So, well, I take I take it as that he's he's having the down he's having the blues because he needs to make another down payment. You see, it's yeah, furthering. there's several in the in the song. I, I I didn't counter that point. I said yes, he's got all these down payments, and now he's got no money. So he put down payments on all this shit, and now he's got the down payment blues because he's got no money to actually use any of it. He's got a steady job, some responsibility, but he can't even feed his cat on Social Security. The fucking solo on this on this song. That's that's, and this should have opened up uh, side two. I like it. It's one of my favorite, but uh, one of the better tracks on here. If you're asking me, I often wonder though, how often does the bass player in ACDC, whether it's you know in the studio or, or live, forget where he is in the song or forget what song he's even playing? Sometimes, uh, that is the definition of pocket bass playing uh, in this band throughout its history. To that boom, 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 boom. You know. Oh yeah, Cliff Williams. Um, That's it. But I just first uh, album as someone who's. Uh, done a few songs that have some repetition lines that you have to remember goes 16 measures and then you get to like 
am I on 13 or 14? And I, I got to think, uh, being in ACDC, uh, you run into that issue once in a while. Um, now, the European release, the second track is Give Me a Bullet. Give Me a Bullet. Oh, really? Which is okay. the third track on the uh, right. main Thank release. So. if you're aware of this but merited for its song variety artistic expression and sonic clarity <laughs> power power rage is favored by many aficionados to be acdc's most accomplished performance in a studio setting hmm. recorded in australia circa 1978 power rage also ushered a new era of sorts for it marked the debut of london england bassist cliff williams who you just mentioned who often forgot what song he was playing <laughs> <laughs> Says it right there in the liner notes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he's, he's, he's played one song since he started and it's continued. Uh, yeah, I, I guess uh, I was just thinking about because we rip Bobby Dahl so much. And I would say that I think Bobby sure. Dahl plays what he plays because... That's about as much as he can handle. I, 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 I get the feeling that with ACDC, it's more about this is what the song needs uh, sure. than it is like some limitations of, of musicianships. Musicianship. Yeah. And we, we should say, yeah, too. I like that musicianships. Said, it's like ships with musicians on it. Sure. I'd yeah. like to have that. Yeah. Just, just, just zipping by. Fucking mo- Monsters of Rock it. Cruise. <laughs> I, would, I would go to Duluth and, and watch the... Uh, the bridge rise up for a musician ship to go by, right? Yeah, why? That's like a better do. name for one of these cruises, a musician ship. Oh, my God. It's right there. Mm. And it's a pun? Oh, yeah. I yeah, love you, it. You'd book every year. <laughs> Goddamn right I would. <laughs> When's the uh, next musician ship leaving? <laughs> as long as there's just an all-Power Rage tribute band. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, okay, here we go. The most accomplished record. So give me, give me, yeah, we, give me a bullet, man. What do you got here? It's like everybody always talks about for Motorhead and ACDC. Oh, it's the same album over and over mm-hmm. again. I don't know. I, I always have to say that that you know you're you're talking about the the elder thing that's a departure. I'm not saying this is a departure, but there is a variety on this album of of we can make jokes about the bass playing and stuff like that. But but as far as the variety, I think there's a variety of pace, subject matter, just like there's. In general, this is just this, again. This is a song that flows, um, and uh, more. I don't know, more bluesy or something mm-hmm. that, than a normal one. I dig it. I like the pace. I like that the bass, of course, is that bass that we just mentioned and yeah. kind of made fun of. But don't, 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 no, no. But uh, it's a toe tapper. 
toe tapper. I say give me a bullet so I can shoot my record player while this is on. <laughs> oh man! Oh, you're just laying laying in the in the cut waiting for that joke, huh? Mm, man. Um, you don't want something to chew? It's nice. You, you get know, a bullet you know, in there. You know who else agrees with me is ACDC. They've never played this live, at least by the statistics well, I saw. That's all you have to say? Yeah, I just uh, it's not great. Um, um, and track three on the uh, European release is Down Payment Blues. So I don't know if that uh, God, so fetters weird. things good for you, better for you. Um, all right. Uh, well, the the side one then uh, for the international and American release ends with Riff Raff at track four. <laughs> started the show was when the whole Axel DC thing was starting. That was a couple years in, it wasn't it? Maybe. I think yeah. it was I think it was just be, be well, it was near the beginning. You know what? Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and one of the things that that uh I was like, "Man, that's so weird having, you know, Axel singing, but then he, he they started bringing a bunch of deep tracks on um, you know, into the set list too. And one of them that I've never seen them play live. I've heard them play live on on their album. Is Riff Raff, and this fucking song. The first time I had heard it, I was like, "God damn, that is, that, that is a monster of a song that that Axel's bringing back in." And that, I was like, "He is a true ACDC fan because he loves Power Rage. That's right." <laughs> and uh, so, if you don't love so, this record, you don't like ACDC. That's right, man. So then he. Uh, <laughs> But the first time I had heard it was the, is the opening track, which this should be the opening track on the album. There's no reason it shouldn't. It has that big okay. intro. It sounds like God himself is on guitar, just like just like playing these chords. It's it's almost like an intro, like a Let There Be Rock, that kind of thing. But every fucking second, this is my favorite song on the album. Um, from the lyrics to, to the, the pacing to the setup, how is this not the opening track? And they've... They, they've fixed it by having a, this is the opening track on the live album hmm. this should be a staple in this the set <clears throat> it just it has i think two three guitar solos i don't know it's, it's all over the place it, it it is it is what angus is 
it's it his his greatest guitar work within four to five minutes. I the, the for me the the comparable record for this would be um, Fair Warning by Van Halen, where you get those kind of diehard people that just embrace it and. This is Mean Street to me. This is just, it's not as good as people think. It's fine. It, it, but I just, this is them kind of still kind of going through their growing pains on, on finding out what's going to click with them going forward. And uh, I don't know, it just isn't, it just isn't there. It falls short to me for ACDC. I just, I know it's going to piss some people off, but you know, come on, man. It's, it's not there. He never shot nobody. He don't even carry a gun because he's got a bullet to bite on. Hmm. Yeah? Nice. Something to chew? There's bullets in two different songs right in a row. I love Bon Scott as a lyricist, but, uh, you know, uh, melody matters. You know? <laughs> uh, riff raff? Yeah. Riff. It's good raff. for a laugh. Ha ha. Go and laugh yourself in half. Smile a while. <laughs> Smile a while. That's a nice intro to a guitar solo. <laughs> it's making everybody, everybody happy. Yeah, Riff Raff. Do you know what Riff Raff are? Do you like Riff Raff? I do not like I was Riff Raff. A, I was in a bunch of Riff Raff last night <laughs> up till 1230. I, uh, I was having a laugh. I'm just letting you kind of roll through this. <laughs> I know you are. Let me know when you're done. I'm done. Okay. Uh, well, the European uh, version actually moves Gone Shooting up from the second side to the side one. Uh, at, at track four, but Riff Raff moves down to track five and still closes out the side, so uh, for whatever that's worth. But, hey, before we get into the uh, the version everybody's probably got in their vehicle, uh, why don't we take a break here? You had some more details on this record you wanted to hit us with. Uh, this was actually the last album before, you know, Mutt Lang took over for th- three albums, and it was their, uh, you know, it's always kind of been a family affair with, with ACDC because you got... Let me see here. You know, you've got the older siblings, George Young and Harry Vonda, mm. who produced it all the way for the, from the beginning. And, and that's what I'm saying. From the track listing to the, these first chunk of records, High Voltage, Dirty Deeds, Let There Be Rock, you know, these are all good albums. And I think that... Uh, They're all better albums. Powers? powers yeah. No. Yeah. I think Power... It's opinion, man. Jesus. Uh, you, th- you think well, high you're voltage is better than this? this? Yeah, no, we, you think, uh, we've no, done this show before. Is better than this. Yeah, no, they're better high, records. High voltage. Uh, okay, gotcha. How? How is how is how is how is high voltage actually better? I'll, if you, you know, if you, if you want, I can get into that. But I was going to save it for the end. But uh. why I think maybe you're not a fan, and and I'm a fan is the fact that I can see and I can sense the creativity that was happening okay. Yeah, okay. Um, in this album where they were basically leading themselves up to Highway to Hell, where they would need somebody to help uh, to bring this in as far as like three or four minutes, because a lot of these songs are longer than some of the al- albums too. But as far as creativity, everything was peaking right now. They just needed a little taskmaster. I, I don't, I don't have the other that, records up in front of me, but you talk about like uh, the other records not having like different tempo type songs but i'm thinking songs like right on i mean that that uh, off the top of my head comes to me i think uh there's a lot of um kind of color and shape to every one of the records leading up to this like i said i don't have them right in front of me but my memory you're 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 you're, the thing how you're describing this record seems to me fits those better 
than this album. This album, it doesn't have quite that natural flow to it. it it's these. It sounds like a collection of songs, but then it is like they sat down and, and, and wrote it. But I feel like we're getting to a synopsis and we haven't even finished uh, going through the record. Have we moved past Riff Raff? Because I have one other thing to say. Oh, you can. Uh, we ended with Riff Raff. If you want to kind of throw that in there, then we can kind of get into that yeah. little stuff there. But don't take it from me, Baco. You know, the stirring introduction alone to Riff Raff is quite extraordinary. Angus's opening figure rises with Cliff's swelling bass <laughs> to, meet, to meet Malcolm's accelerated counter rhythm, which abruptly shift into breakneck power chords, alternating with the Young Brothers' trademark unison riffing. Mm. The band lays back for Bond's verses, then slams into the higher gear, fueled by Angus's rampaging solo. Amazingly enough, during the ensuing Power Rage tour, ACDC would actually start some concerts with the encore-worthy riffraff. God damn. That's what I meant to say earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm going to just use this the rest of the show. All right, yeah. Oh, God. So, uh, yeah, that is, uh, that's, that's some, uh, that's some, that's some well-written uh, stuff there. Propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah uh but hey well said well said my friend that was this is the same writer that wrote wrote, wrote described unskinny bob as an <laughs> oh that was his biggest uh, challenge ever his, his biggest <laughs> accomplishment really was. was uh writing something positive about unskinny bob that's right what he talks about who's the writer does it say of, of who oh uh let me see. Uh, his guy's name's. Oh, of course. Again, if you're going to be a rock writer, change your name if your name is Ernie Welch. Ernie, Ernie Welch. Welch. So Poison's getting their press release together and they're like, this just isn't working. Get me Ernie. <laughs> That's right. Get Ernie on the phone. He made Riff Raff sound like fucking. <laughs> he made Riff Raff sound like uh, Stairway to Heaven. Yeah. It's my Stairway to Heaven, goddammit. It's riffraff. Yeah, baby. Well, any more uh, deets we missed? I mean, we really haven't talked about songwriters, but it's all, they, they credit them all to Angus, Malcolm, and Bond, right? Yep, they sure do. All right. Just just like the songwriting on Back in Black should have Bond Scott as a uh, songwriter, correct? Correct. I think so. At least Shoot to Thrill. Shoot to Thrill had to be a Bond Scott written song. Yeah, I don't know. The lyrics. I'm going to trust... Uh, other people's opinion a little more than mine and I agree with it. Yeah, I think Bond yeah, whatever. Yeah. At least some of it, right? I mean, how are the, the lyrics are more clever on that album than they ever were after that. <laughs> uh, I was anyway. caught in the middle of a railroad track. Yeah, by no, the way, see, all this, this stuff, this. everything so far way better than Thunderstruck. Oh wow! Okay, another uh, okay. Actually, you know what? If if you can clean Come up on. the vocals, Thunderstruck's a jam. Uh, mm. It's just hard listening to Donald Duck sing a song and and take it seriously. So. What can I do? I don't, I don't hear the Donald Duck as much as you do. Thunderstruck. You must have a Donald Duck filter. <laughs> you have the filter. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't. I have the filter out. Hey, by the way, uh, Donald Duck orange juice, solid. Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. When have you had it? 
recently? Yeah, I actually, I, I, uh, this is definitely a tangent, but uh, Jimmy Kimmel just had his, like, I don't know, 10th or 20th anniversary show. And so he had the guests he had on his very first show, which were Snoop Dogg and George Clooney. And they, they showed um, the writer that Snoop Dogg had 20 years ago and what he had for this latest episode. And it was basically like a grocery list. And on that, I mean, it was just ridiculous how much shit he wanted. And, mm-hmm. and on it was, was like uh, um, uh, two gallons of orange juice, Donald Duck. He wanted specifically Donald Duck orange juice. And I'm like, you know, does that exist? And I saw it in the grocery store, so I got it. Yeah, it's, it's solid. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Didn't know. There's my orange glad, juice recommendation for the week. I know, but see, I was, I'm just happy because sometimes, you know, celebrities endorse things that are not <laughs> quality. It's good yeah. that Donald Duck's got his... He wasn't endorsing it. He just put it on his rider, so that means he personally actually wanted it. So No, I'm saying Donald Duck. <laughs> Donald Duck put his name oh. in the good thing of orange juice. <laughs> put some pants on, man. <laughs> Come on, Don. <laughs> Exactly. What the fuck's wrong with that guy? You're not. You don't be that guy. Yeah. All right, All right. Should we get into side two? up with Sin City. Yeah, if you want, uh, I'll take a lead on a couple tracks here. Uh, so yeah, please. Go this ahead. is definitely the one they've played the most live. This is an okay song, but again, it just, for me, it, it it's, if this is like one of the songs they look at as, as the most worthy of adding to a set list over the years, I just struggle with, it just isn't there for me, man. It, it just isn't quite finished. It's okay. It's, it's, it's fine. What do you got? This song wants me, uh, makes me want to just get in my car, go to Vegas, and lose all my money. Hmm. End up, end up like a like a night like the Hangover, like I'm having right now. Hmm. You know that 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 is what this song, and this is the song that I think actually would fit. Uh, again, there's there's two songs I think c- could go on Highway to Hell, and this is the second one. I think that Sin City is is that tight tighter songwriting. Uh, I think it's why it's on their set list. It's also one that uh, drew me to the album too because I, I think I rediscovered this, this song um, on their ACDC Live one. Like you said, it's in their set and it was one of those that were, it was on that big live album right after uh, Razor's Edge. I was like, God, what, what fucking... Oh! And I think that was one of the other gateways that got me to the album. 
uh, to discover. Man, I think this is a uh, pretty much a lost classic. Uh, it'd be my third favorite song on the album, but in general, it just it for me it just it colors going gambling and and debauchery and I love it. I probably could pick a, a song off of Highway to Hell to replace this with, and it would make it a little bit better. Um, so I, I think you got a solid take there. Cool. All right. Um, that is also the opening track on side two in the European version. So, all right. Well, what's next on the moon is the next track on here. And this is kind of a weird one. in title but in overall song the weird thing is i kind of like this song um it's it's i'm surprised yeah it, it this one actually kind of sticks out from from the pack for whatever reason for me i i do like the uh tenor that that bond attacks this one vocally and uh, uh this is uh one that i actually i don't know i think it's kind of a, a neat little track you know what ernie says yeah, let's hear it. What's, what do you got, Ernie? He says, considered together, the middle three songs on Power Rage, Riff Raff, Sin City, and What's Next to the Moon, articulate a decibel-driven statement of paramount creativity and musicianship. And let's get a little bit more into the track, What's Next to the Moon. He's talking about Superman, right? Hmm. He's talking about all kinds of stuff. By the way, it was also titled Next to the Moon on early Australian Power Rage hmm. pressings is roughly a stream of conscious poem structured quite unlike any other ACDC song, accompanied by a patterned guitar phrase woven through the meter of Phil's hard rock voodoo tom-tom syncopation. <laughs> syncopation. Lord. Yes, thank you. Bon the, bard, bon the Bard recites, to some extent, cryptic musings such as heavenly body flying across the sky, Superman was out of town, come on, honey, got to change your tune because it's a long way down just real quick um i would like yeah, to change fine. my synopsis to what he said <laughs> me too where, where are you no, at no, ernie no. help us out i, I just want to mention uh, you kind of threw me because you're like it's, he talks about like the song is about superman what the fuck well, did he i miss says that yeah well, no, there's he, a part about that yeah the word superman is in a song and you yeah suddenly that your brain connects it as it's about lois lane and superman no, I did not. <laughs> I did not. That's what I was saying. You're sending for a loop is all that. I was saying. That's all I'm getting at. Okay. <laughs> you know, I have to mention, too, Baco, that another unusual dramatic touch in What's Next to the Moon occurs in the last verse, which Bon, Malcolm, and Cliff sing together in distinct voices, beginning with long arm looking for a fingerprint, trying to find the mystery clue, hitting me with a third degree, working on a thumb screw. As for the meaning of what's next to the moon, Bond leaves only a hint in the guitar-agitated closing refrain, and that is, if not the sky, oh baby, say bye-bye. Hmm. And that ends the dramatic reading portion of the show. Uh, oh, that's too bad. 
Oh, you want more? Um, that's, that's been that's my favorite part so one. far, yeah. Uh, yeah. I know. I have nothing uh, else to say. Yeah, I know. Look, I, there is no joke. Uh, bon Scott was a great lyricist. And, uh, yeah, and I think he did that kind of, I don't know, sleazy kind of <laughs> kind of creepy sexual innuendo better than anybody. Definitely better than uh, Gene Simmons, sadly. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, but you know, whatever. Everybody's got their their talents too. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I'm gonna know about, if I'm gonna listen to a song about stalking someone and possibly killing them, Night Prowler is my jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah, yeah. That's creepy as fuck. Yeah, and it's meant to be. You know, I mean, uh, it's great. shooting which uh, I'll just say it Elsie this is my favorite track on the record and I actually kind of remembered uh, going through this listening in prep- preparation for this that it was actually the Beavis and Butthead movie had this in it and at the time I thought it was an unreleased Bon Scott record and then mm. I actually went back and listened to Power I think I probably bought Power Age shortly after that for the first time in my life and uh, and then again, it really didn't change my opinion on the record. Uh, I had just forgotten this song. Like I said, I never owned it. And, you know, growing up, you know, that's how you kind of lock these things in. But, yeah, this is um, this is this is like a, a better version of Ride On. I know Ride On is a little slower and sleepier, but to me, this kind of like gives you that kind of slow kind of groove. Uh, mm-hmm. And, yeah, and the, the, the vocal on this, is, it's almost as if they just... They did the a one take demo on it and just kept it because it sounds a little it doesn't sound as polished as the the rest of the tracks. Not that there's a ton of polish on on any of these Bon Scott records except for no. maybe Highway to Hell, but this one is just a little rawer. This kind of almost sounds like when you listen to um, Jailbreak, the EP, like you know they they just used what they had for that, and this kind of it seems like they just liked it and kept it, and which I'm glad because sometimes you you overthink things. You go well let, now let's get a clean version, you know, as opposed to something with just a little little emotion you know so great tune this is five out of five for me until you just said the right on thing i'm not sure why i never made that connection but uh i can see that i think it might be equal or, or better 
to to write on, uh, which has never been one of my favorite tracks too, but I like it. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, same. Uh, but I think I think that the 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 vocal on this is better than right on. There's something yeah. a little bit too too nasally on the uh, uh, for Bon Scott's voice on that one. Um, for yeah, but for an album track, it's just a nice change of pace. Um, some cool lyrics wrapped wrapped herself around like a second skin. Packed her favorite uh, nag, but she could never win. Uh, I stirred my coffee with the same spoon. I don't know. There's this, like, knew her favorite tune. There's just cool turns of phrase in it, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, just a chill. I'm surprised this is your – I didn't know it was on the Beavis and Butthead soundtrack. Yeah, it's a great scene, too. <laughs> is it on the actual yeah, CD? It's on the CD soundtrack? and it's in the movie, yeah. Huh. Okay. Um, yeah, that, was a, that was a variety pack of songs back in the day. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I would like to update people on the European track listing. So uh, side two opened with Sin City. Then it went to Up to My Neck in You, which we haven't got to yet on the international release. And then the track that would have been more right on, uh, or right on, uh, We're Gone Shooting is, is What's Next to the Moon. So that's how they tracked it there so far. But here in America, we do things the right way. Um, at number eight, we got Up to My Neck in You. song is either being irritated with a woman or also uh, going down on her like being up to a up to his neck between her crotch that's how it's uh, written as a uh, i think they call it a uh, a double entendre mm-hmm. is that they call it an entendre yeah double double dre and it's okay uh honestly my my wad has already been blown on this album uh, <laughs> earlier on from the from the three from the there's three bangers on this that like you see has no bangers for me it has a triple banger so i'm basically mm-hmm. right now i'm just laying in bed kind of just satisfied smoking a cigarette and the song is fine um and everything but uh yeah it doesn't really churn my butter that much honestly this is like it's okay i uh i i, I maybe got a half chub during gone shooting but it's been it's almost like shriveling into me at this point mm. i <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God, I listened to this record Friday once and twice yesterday. Just uh, I, I did one dedicated listen, and then I played it two other times while just you know running around or whatever. Uh, I can't remember how this song goes. That just shows you how. My, th- there's my yeah. thoughts on it. I I clearly don't give a fuck on this track. So, uh, <laughs> in no, uh, we can, in the old Europe can, there uh, in the yeah. UK, uh, they have Cold Hearted Man, a track that does not appear. Here in America, so huh? Do you know that I song? That I don't. I don't. I'm thinking that it might have been on uh, Volts 
It was like this bonus CD that they put on the uh, Bonfire box set, but I don't mm-hmm. even remember it in that either. I have to look that up. Okay. Interesting. I'm going to guess this just as good or better than this song, though. <laughs> what do you think? Hey, hey, that might be our first consensus, right? Although It is. I can't even remember it, so I'm trusting that it sucks. <laughs> I yeah, listened no, to it in the last 24 hours, and I don't remember it. Uh-huh. All right. No, that's, this, is, this is the, uh, I don't know. No. Yeah. They didn't need it. You want to get kicked in the teeth? Yeah, let's get kicked in the teeth. Sure. After the song that happened and neither of us remember, you get kicked in, in the teeth, you know, which sounds, which starts off with a lot of that uh, call and response, whatever. What do you call that? Like, that's like the black dog type thing. You know, I say a bunch of shit, then a riff hits, then I say a bunch of shit. That's what I call the black dog. Uh, I call that Ace Freely songwriting 101. <laughs> sing, don't but play, like, play, like, don't sing. You have seven days to retract that statement and apologize to me. <laughs> All right, yeah, it's that that kind of thing. A call and uh, response isn't a bad way, but that's more of a reference to like you know when I say mallet, you say boo. Sure. Mala. Yeah. Anyway, boo. Ma- <laughs> I'd like to see somebody do that on stage. Uh, check out the movie uh, um, Malibu's Most Mal- Wanted. Oh, he does that as yeah. part of a stage. Yeah, well, it's, it. well, it's funny because it's like <laughs> he goes mala and everybody goes. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> okay, gotcha. So you know, ACDC has a lot of songs in their in their catalog that are uh, like rock. Well, at least in the Bon Scott one, they're really revved up. You know, Chuck Berry ish. Like just like we're doing a rocker. This is like he's got, he's in full duck walk mode, Donald Duck walk mode, mm-hmm. having his juice during the song. And yeah, it's a, it's a good rocker. It's uh, again, I'm I'm. I'm good to go at this point. I'm, it, it's a, it's an enjoyable song, but it's kind of like a rock and roll damnation. Uh, not that it, those two songs sound alike, but it's just like it's 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 a decent ACDC song. Yeah, it's nothing spectacular. 
And not only that, but beca- uh, because there's four songs, uh, it's a shorter length on side one than side two. If you have this on cassette, at least you know at this point you can just fast forward and there won't be much space before you can flip it back over and get yourself some <laughs> rock and roll damnation. Um, yeah, this is okay. Uh, it, this is, you know, not the worst song in the record by any means, but... You, you kind of touched on something that I think we should get into because we don't talk a lot of ACDC. We definitely haven't done a dedicated uh, album episode. You know, no. Ang- Angus' guitar playing, you know, is one of the most consistent things in rock history. It's just, you know, from the, their latest record all the way back to the first album. He really, I mean, he may have tightened it up a little bit, but his, he just has a, an approach that fits this music. And I know um, Malcolm Young is, you know, we, we all know what, how much he, important he was to, to being the rhythm player and a songwriter in everything they did. But, you know, the reason, you know, Angus, you know, gets a lot of the attention is the character he plays. But also he is just a fucking phenomenal, like just hard rock rhythm and blues kind of bass guitar player. And since we don't talk about it a lot, I want to show a little love for, for my fellow guitar player, Angus Young. Yes, I threw myself in the conversation of guitarists with <laughs> Angus Young. Uh, yeah, and, and, and you know what? I, I mentioned it with Ace Freely. I'll back it up with Angus Young. Way more people went out and bought a guitar and started uh, to learn how to play listening to ACDC than they never did, say, Eric Clapton or you know, Jimmy Page. Yeah, Jimmy Page. Is, <laughs> I'll, I'll just stop at Clapton right now. I haven't really thought, thought it through. Yeah, I like how you Mitch Malloyed yourself in the conversation. Yes, yes. <laughs> You know, a lot of people um, ask me, aren't you that guy who plays guitar just like Angus? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Stop going. I, yeah. I can't go to Target anymore. That's all I get asked. Yeah. Like, there's there's a handful of guitarists that you just instantly know who it is when yeah. you hear it, right? Slash, Angus. I don't even know if Jimmy Page is one of them. Like, I don't know if that if he would put out something now. Like I'm just trying to think of that tone or that that just immediate. He's like, definitely been more uh, chameleon-like in his career. He's he's adapted different styles, I mean. but there is a certain subtlety to him. I think if somebody that would, would grew up on Led Zeppelin would probably disagree with us and and kind of be able to, like I, I bet you Paul Stanley could could pick out Jimmy Page. I mean, depending on which side of his head the speaker was on, anyway. Sure, exactly. That's true. Yeah, which side would it be? I think it's the right, but I'm not sure. Yeah. You're not sure? Okay. What, what's, what side is, what side of uh, his face is the star? That's the right side. Okay. Interesting how those two correlate. Never put that together. What do you think? Yeah, it's somehow it correlates even if I'm wrong. If it's left and he puts the star on the right, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Who Deep. cares? Yeah, God bless you, Paul. He just went to Taylor Swift uh, the, the other night. So here's my... You want me to... Uh, do my summation yeah go for it this is a uh, recommendation from the lc camp go check out your power rage if you want if you're not uh i don't know why you're listening to this album of why they're listening to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> hey for us baby it's the personality driven show oh, oh that's right yeah, yeah we just talk they could just talk about anything right yeah yeah but i, uh, I get to wear earbuds yeah, I'll, I'll at work because the show's too fucking filthy yeah oh that's true so here's the deal uh for me, the Bon Scott era can be summed up in uh, prior to Highway to Hell, because I just call that a little different, um, is the album. Actually, I would just say, if you want everything from Bon Scott, just get If You Want Blood, You Got It. We never talked about this really that much, but I love this live album. I think it's perfect. Yeah. Everything, that's, everything that's actually on If You Want Blood from this album sounds better 
on if you want blood for me. I think it's a little revved up, a little everything. Riff Raff is, is Sin City. Since that's when it really popped for me too. I went to the album, then I heard this version, and, and everything's just it's like a Kiss Alive version of, of some of these tracks. Okay. For whatever for whatever reason. And it's got a good summation of, of that era prior to Highway to Hell. Um, but uh, with that I'll just say that is Power Power Rage a perfect album? Uh, no it is not. Uh, it is one of one of my favorites. But the, the what hurts it is the sequencing, for one thing. You have to have Riff Raff starting off this album. That has to be the opening track. And you have to open the second uh, side up with Down Payment Blues. Both of those fit as far as opening tracks. So I think that side two, those last three songs, like You Love Gone Shooting, it's a, it's a nice, uh, 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 you know, just a different change of pace. But it just kind of slowly fades out, that up to up to my neck and kicked in the teeth you can kind of scatter those about a little bit so really what, what holds us together the foundation of this fucking album is down payment blues riff raff and sin city that's that's the blocks so but i do like to listen i just like putting it on and listening to it but i do wish it just had a little different of a flow well i don't think you can go wrong with anything from the bond scott era i even dig the uh, jailbreak ep quite a bit uh, so oh, I forgot that. I just think this is the weakest of the lot. And uh, you mentioned uh, like Let There Be Rock, High Voltage, Dirty Deeds, and I said they're better records. And you said how? Well, Elsie, math, math is how. You know who else agrees with me? By the way, is ACDC agrees with me. Out of all the Bon Scott records, by a long shot, this is the least represented uh, record as far as songs they've played live over the years. And they've had a long time, and this record was released a long time ago. As far as songs that do appear in the set list, not surprisingly, Sin City is the most frequently played one, but that is the 14th most popular song that appears in ACDC set lists over the years. These all come from Setlist FM, so if I'd like to cite my source anyway. Uh, Gone Shooting actually comes in at uh, 58, more, most popular. But uh, I believe that's the yeah no, the number the, the the second highest one is Rock and Roll Damnation by a, a way down the list. I mean, Stiff Upper Lip and Ball Breaker get played more than than those songs. <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. I got well, one other. I got one other funny one here. Stiff. If you get down towards the the bottom, they've they've actually played up to my neck and you uh, a, a hand handful of times. Actually, they've played it exactly the same amount of times that they've played Tutti Fruity from Little Richard. So, <laughs> um, and then there's another there's there's uh, another group that that agrees with me. Would you like to take a guess who also agrees with me? Uh, the fans. The fans. Oh, here, here are some well, records that sold more. This is the least selling uh, Bon Scott era record as well, uh, yes. with uh, falling about a million and a half behind the total from Let There Be Rock, being the, the other one. But uh, Rock or Bust has sold more than this. Uh, Stiff Upper Lip. Stiff Upper Lip has sold more than this. Iron Man 2 soundtrack. That is outsold Power Ridge. Not surprisingly, blow up your video, but uh, yeah, Power Ridge still a successful 1,735,000 uh, worldwide sales. So yeah, you're talking uh, close to a couple couple million. Um, but here's the thing: is like everybody says, like you're wrong. It's great. It's this. It's that. Except nobody bought it, and the band doesn't play it. It's the least representative of the Bon Scott era, and to me, that pretty much meets my summation. That yeah, this is the worst Bon Scott record. 
But again, I don't think you can go wrong with anything from his era. I just, I, I don't think ACDC did a, a record that isn't worthy of, of your time until, oh God. See, I, I like everything through Fly on the Wall. So uh, some, somewhere after that, who made who was after Fly on the Wall though, right? That's kind of a greatest hits record. So I don't yeah. know. Uh, Razor's Edge was kind of forgettable for me. So we'll say from that point on. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's my summation. Man, I, it wasn't until today that I that I realized that sales are what makes an album good. Not what I said. So, oh, I know. I just yeah. that's what I heard. Well, you, you I think the other people yeah, heard you, too. you heard what you wanted to hear. Yeah, no, uh-huh. I I'm saying the, the numbers across the board back this up. There's records that don't sell as well, but there will be like two songs that the band will always play. This there's not one instance of that on this record. There just isn't that instant classic, the instant radio hit. This isn't something that is is has been churned out time after time. It's had plenty of opportunity. So, and most of those Bon Scott records actually, I think most of them failed to go platinum until after Back in Black. So as people went back and and maybe it's the album cover uh, issue you had with it, more people just said, <laughs> I can't. This thing looks horrible. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, and there's, there's definitely some things that gets it like that. And then you've got, uh, I will tell you that one of the reasons that this album is better than High Voltage is because The Jack is on High Voltage. The worst <laughs> ACDC song by far. And they still play. So why the fuck do they play that song ever? You got The Jack. Dun, 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 you dun. know, I agree with you on your assessment of that song, but the fans do not. That is why? a. You know what? You know what other fucking song sucks ass that people love? Big Balls. That's not clever or enjoyable to listen to. Yeah. You know, no. I get you there. It's like, a, yeah. But they put it on. It's like, yeah, big balls. Big balls. And yeah, balls there you go. Hold. I mean, uh, if, if you can't fucking get an ACDC fan to buy into it, well, you know, they, their own fan base doesn't care for it. So, no, I'm not saying this is a bad record. And if it was good, it, it you have to sell more. I'm saying for people that come at me, I don't know what I'm talking about. Everything says the same thing I'm saying, which is this just isn't the best. This is the least of the Bon Scott era. That's it. So rank them. All right. Well, off the top of my head, uh, Highway not, to not, Hell. I was just, was just, yeah, okay. That's fine. Go ahead. Uh, Highway to Hell, Let There Be Rock. <sighs> Dirty Deeds, High Voltage, and then this. Okay. So. Fair enough. And honestly, I think um, the last three, they're actually pretty close. So. This is just comes in third out of those three. Yeah, what a weird... Uh, you just mentioned the thing, too. What a weird era where this thing... It was 74 Jailbreak, and I guess it was released in 84 mm-hmm. or 85... Is like a bonus thing. How is that song? That is a fucking stone cold classic that they just like sat on. Yeah. Is that accurate? Like they never. I don't know the story no, they, behind that, but yeah, I, I don't believe it was released prior to that. That was the whole reason they called it seventy four jailbreak. Right. It's just insane. Like that would just be another one that that would like elevate any album it was on. Um, anyway, yeah. that just goes. That's just like the, the the genius of ACDC. Just the fact that they had that song. As an unreleased track, right? Um, uh, but yeah, you're right. I, I think one of the reasons too that I, that I love this album is it it kind of is a summation of um, the creativity of of Bon Scott too. Like I just saw saw it as a like a big growth thing where there's like there's a couple here that some of the, my favorite lyrics that he writ, wrote are on this album. 
Um, so I think that's maybe why people gravitate towards it too. But I just think it's amusing that you have this this uh, vision that people are actually coming coming at you, bro, about it. Just come on. Paul Ridge. <laughs> You're saying, like, it's it's not a vision. It's it. a reality. And you've literally been one of the people <laughs> who have done it. So I like how you like to pretend like it's just some imaginary thing when you've been one of the people. I thought you were going to go way different with this based on your conversations that you've had with me about this record. I'm like, this is going to be fun. And then you're kind of like, you know, a little more dialed down all of a sudden. So what well, we both sort of did our summation, I guess, is there anything else to say? I mean, uh, ACDC has got a pretty gigantic catalog of kick-ass rock and roll and I, I would throw this in there it's just not my favorite that works for me <laughs> <laughs> i already said what i had to say oh god all right man. i got nothing i got i got no more liner notes to to, to use <laughs> you see power age captured acdc in transition no longer just a brash aussie pub band not quite a rock and roll powerhouse more importantly, the album set ACDC on the road to legitimate stardom. The next year, rather than returning, as always, to Albert Studios in Sydney to work under the watchful eye of Vanda and Young, the band headed to London with renowned producer Robert John Mutt Lang to record the album that became their American breakthrough, Highway to Hell. Tragically, this would be the last ACDC release to feature Bon Scott, who on February 19, 1980, was found dead in the back seat of a car. He choked on his own vomit after a night out drinking. The band, band's tribute to Bond, Back in Black, recorded with new singer Brian Johnson, would go on to sell 19 million copies in the U.S. alone, which is now, I think, 25 million yeah. um, from, from the time of this, this uh, writing. So, insane. I still find that, that Back in Black being one of the biggest selling albums of all time is, is, is such an anomaly, given the very rough singing and the, you know what I mean? It just doesn't fit into something that, that would be a, a huge hit universal but there's something about it that's still well, enough yeah, to grab everybody yeah I, I only when you break it down like that it's just but when you actually listen to it and you see it you can see why it connected the way it did with people much like appetite for destruction also i mean sure. that was one of the first records yeah, to right. have fuck on there like four times and you're frankly right. when when these things have like nirvana biggest album you know it's not always you know something that's easy listening like fleetwood mac you know you know it just right. connects with a a time and a place. I'd be curious to see how successful it would have been with Bon Scott. I don't think they necessarily got any, they weren't big enough to get really a, a boost of, of people who were just curious. But I just, I'm, I'm wondering, it would have been different and things would have turned out, but it probably still would have been huge. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's it, man. All right, buddy. We want to get out of here? Yes. Uh, Rock's not dead. It's going shooting.
Where did Tutti Frutti go? Did you say where did Tutti Frutti go? Yeah. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.